This week's parasha is called Vayeshev, and it is from Genesis chapter 37 to the end of 40. And it's the beginning of the Joseph narrative, uh, which is a fascinating story. And uh, when I was thinking about, uh, you know, the rest of the chapter, it really is the story of Jacob's favorite son from his favorite wife. And uh, he really is a miracle child because his favorite wife, Rachel, we know she was barren. And when we look back at uh, Rachel during the years and actually a few decades when she was barren and the pain that she suffered, and she even came to the point of being so depressed that she was willing to commit suicide. And she said to her husband, you know, if I don't get a child, I'd rather die. So... If we think about that, the pain that many barren women uh, go through and men who are not able to have children who wish to have children. And here, so we have a miracle child. God opened her womb and gave her this messianic figure. The story is so interesting in showing that there is hope even in the, in the pit and even in the uh, prison, not just one, two and uh, probably the best prisons in Egypt. But uh, the passage is very interesting uh, where it talks about the favor that uh, Joseph had with his father as his father made him a very special garment, a garment that no shepherd would have ever worn. It was a ktonet pasim, a colorful garment that was worn by deities or by uh, uh, female goddesses in the ancient Near East actually would be wrapped in this kind of garment because we have the same ancient Near Eastern literature. And uh, so it was very special uh, garment. So I can understand at one point where the brothers get really upset, not just because Joseph is treated differently, but also that uh, he tells... He reports on them to his father. He reports on their behavior, which is uh, not pleasing to their father. And then he has dreams, and the dreams that he has are interesting. First of all, the, the sheaf that stands up and the sheaves that bow to them, uh, to him, and then the sun, the moon, the stars, and uh, uh, the bowing also before him. And in their minds, they probably thought, who do you think you are that you're going to rule our clan? They probably never thought bigger than that. And so here's this, this little guy we don't like uh, to the point of being really jealous and the point of wanting to kill him. And so they never thought bigger than this that he would actually be in, in authority in a major empire in uh, that, that time period. So usually symbols, uh, there are a lot of symbols in dreams, and dreams are uh, talked about as being uh, words that come from God many times. And we have other times in Scripture where uh, the wise and the, the, the magicians are called to try to interpret dreams. And so how did they do that? In, uh, in Egypt and in uh, Mesopotamia, they had books of dreams where uh, the, the magicians or, or the, those who were involved in interpreting dreams would check the symbols 
in the book to see what does this symbol mean and what does that symbol mean and then try to find the interpretation. Well, Joseph didn't have such a thing and so he doesn't know the extent to which his dream is going to, uh, to impact uh, not just him, his family, but to impact uh, all the nations around Egypt. And so we see grain. What, what was it that uh, uh, the brothers went down to Egypt for? It was for grain. It was for food. So that didn't cross their mind that one day there would be a seven-year famine and a seven-year plenty and that they would go get grain. But in the dream, as we are able to look back, we can see that the symbols that are part of the dream are definitely pointing very specifically to the events in Egypt. And then it talks about the sun and the moon and the 11 stars bowing. And so again, sun, moon, stars are gods in Egypt. And so it's connecting the events to what is going to take place in Egypt, where Joseph is actually going to, uh, to be superior, if you want, to his brothers. And uh, so, but any kind of dream that would put his brothers in subordination angered the brothers even more. Now, I tried to, when I read texts, I like to try to rehumanize or humanize the characters. And I was thinking, how angry and how jealous do you have to be to want to kill your sibling? I mean, the anger, and it's a real, you know, to the point of they're plotting to kill. Um, I can't imagine that my siblings would ever think of killing one another. But the anger and the wickedness in their hearts and the, the, the plotting together and wanting to take the life of their own brother, it's a real painful, uh, painful story in that sense that not only was it a dysfunctional family, but it was a family that was willing to, to kill and not care uh, what happened to their brother. So that, that's painful. And then jo Jacob calls Joseph and to send him to check on his brothers. And the journey is actually a three, about three, four uh, day journey because it's almost 60 miles that he has to go from Hebron up to Dothan and back. So his, uh, Jacob sent Joseph for quite an extensive uh, journey. But had he known that he was sending him to not be able to see him for decades and to think that he was dead, um, that's another place where I, I thought, you know, of being a father, what does a father, what would a father experience if he made a decision, an innocent decision that ends up costing the life of his son? would be very painful. So uh, when we read very quickly, uh, Jacob tore his clothes and put on sackcloth and mourned for his son many days. Uh, you know, it seems so sterile in comparison to the grief of having made the decision and then thinking that you put your own son in this position to be killed. So, you know, the, the pain that's going on in this family uh, at uh, many levels is, um, is really palpable in this text, in this parasha. Then we have uh, the account in uh, Genesis 38 where we have Judah who... Uh, who refuses to give his youngest son, Shela, to Tamar because her, his two oldest sons uh, uh, perished as they were husbands uh, to her. 
And uh, so eventually she prostitutes herself and becomes pregnant by Judah. And uh, Judah lies. Judah goes to a prostitute. Judah does all kinds of interesting things that uh, are morally wrong, um, that are that you think, you know, why did he put himself, put his family in that position? He knew the whole time that he was withholding Tamar from getting married to another man because she was already promised to Shelah. So she was in bondage. And what's interesting is then we read the next passage. We read Joseph, who ends up uh, as a slave, ends up in prison, and does everything that is right. And what I love is the contrast between these two chapters, that you can be free and the intents of your heart can be really wrong. And you can be in prison and really follow the Lord with all of your heart. So the contrast between these two chapters is, is, is wonderful. Last night I had the opportunity to do a visit to, uh, to start a Bible study in the prison on Kipling. And uh, it's a minimum security prison. And we decided to do the parasha of the week. It's interesting that I'm speaking to these Messianic uh, believers who are inside and really want uh, the Word of God, really want to be freed by the Word of God. They really love the Word. They want to study. And, uh, and I thought, yes, Joseph continued to serve God even if he was in the pit, he was in prison. And uh, it's, a, it's not an easy message to, to give um, to the inmates but it's a challenge that they have to, God, God looks at our heart, doesn't matter where we are, whether we're inside walls or outside of walls. Uh, God sees our hearts. And the portion that I'm going to chant is the beginning of chapter 39 that talks about how God was with Joseph. Uh, now Joseph had been brought down to Egypt. Potiphar, an official of Pharaoh, commanded the bodyguards, brought him from the hands of the Ishmaelites who had brought him down there. But Adonai was with Joseph. So he became a successful man in the house of his master, the Egyptian. His master even saw that Adonai was with him. So Joseph was a witness of the living God in prison and that Adonai made everything he set his hand to to be successful. Joseph found favor in his eyes, so he served him as a personal servant. So the contrast between doing right even though life can be difficult, you may be in a situation where you're facing very difficult challenges, but doing what is right, God looks at our heart. And in the midst of the darkness of our lives, remaining faithful to the Lord is what God wants from us. Amen. Amen. Amen.